Hello, you're listening to another episode of Wolves Weekly on Wolves Radio. What's a winning week we've had, Mikey, all across the club. We've got lots to talk about, and of course, Mikey Burrows is here with me, as usual, to discuss it all. It's been a good couple of days, hasn't it? It's been a remarkable couple of days, really. Uh, You know, a week ago almost, ten days ago, things were looking pretty down around the football club, and people, you know, starting to kind of think, you know, what's the season going to going to go forwards and not just with the men's first team as well you know things hadn't been great elsewhere it kind of been like the the under 18s with a shining light for a week with even the women losing a league game for the first time all season but this is football I always say it to you Gem things can change so quickly and all of a sudden everybody is absolutely bouncing because (laughs) at all levels things look in a real success yeah, it's always a bit of an up and down. And last week was definitely a down all round from the from the first team to the women's, and then of course, unfortunately, the 18s dropping out of the FA Youth Cup at, on Wednesday. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. Um, but first, let's focus on the first team. Two wins in four days. Now, after a run of, of three league defeats before that, how much did we need these these big wins, particularly that big win against Watford? Yeah, I think it was important. Uh, uh, equally for the supporters, Gem, as we mm. mentioned, because, you know, the the feeling in that Crystal Palace game, I don't think I've seen Molyneux like that for quite a while. It was quiet and there were people leaving early. And look, it's understandable. People pay their money. They want to come and be entertained. And they didn't see that entertainment and it was hard and they decided to leave and vote with their feet. And that's fine. But you could see that, after the after the incredibly fast start against Watford, we saw Bruno turning to the crowd and, and trying to get everybody going. And it, yeah. and it maybe took a few moments for people to kind of jolt themselves back out of that feeling from the Palace game. And so I think it's really important to, to gain a, a sense of perspective sometimes as to where we are and, and where we've been, but also about where we could potentially go. And I think... Sometimes we get carried away. You and I are guilty of it as much as anybody. (laughs) And we know it's fantastic that we are in a European potential qualification race. Now, we were in it for two years. We dropped out of it for one. I think the, the talk of top four and Champions League, as it always has been, is always the top, you know, the very top ceiling that that is going to take a huge amount to break through. And we sometimes kind of get carried away and then we base our disappointment off that when we should just base it off where we are now and where we are is very much amongst the top seven or eight premier league clubs and then there is a gap from us to everybody else and that showed because everton uh such a traditional premier league club they've you know it's what 60 years or so since they've been out of the top flight they you know their history is there and look at the position they're in look at how their fans were reacting on Sunday we are so far out of that we have to really uh, accept and enjoy these moments because this is you know it's unheard of in our in you know most of Wolves fans personal history of following the club gem you know we were we were trying to get to the promised land. Now we're in the promised land. We're in danger of not enjoying the fact that we're in the promised land because we always want a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, you said about the Everton fans on Sunday. They were 
there was a lot of frustration in, in in the home crowd there. I mean, we saw people in just a few rows in front of us in the press box, you know, getting up and leaving not long into the start of the second half. And, you know, there was, you can really feel the mood there was, was low. And for them, you know, with the, with the history, it's a really, really difficult, tough time for them. But the away, the visiting crowd at Everton was absolutely fantastic on Sunday. They were really loud. They were brilliant. Um, and, you know, of course, Connor's, Connor Cody's header, being able to celebrate that in front of the away fans was just a really special moment for him and for and for the fans as well. Um, but you're right, Bruno mentioned after the Watford game that he wanted the fans to be louder and that the reason he was doing that is because he knows just how important and how much their support can change the game. And I mean, the players have said it, you know, they say it pretty much every single post-match interview we do with them about how important the fans are and when the fans are behind the team, it really does make such a huge difference. And Molyneux is a difficult place for lots of teams to come. You know, Connor said about when he speaks to um, people from other clubs, particularly when he was with England in, in the summer, he says about how they, they, a lot of them say they, they don't like coming to Molyneux. They really don't like it. It's a hostile environment. And when the crowd is at their best, it not only spurs our team forward, but, you know, it creates an uncomfortable atmosphere for our visiting team. And it really, really can have such an impact on the game. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pleased that we're now back into the form that we saw at the start of 2022. You know, we're back to that now. And I'm sure the fans, well, you know, it was it, we had a bit of a dip, but now that we're back... Hopefully, we will see that same level of support again going forward. You're dead right, Jamie. It, it was a dip, and everybody goes through a dip. You know, yeah. you can't maintain it's that inevitable. Kind of form. It's inevitable. Yeah, yeah, you can't maintain it for the entirety through. And and that and the important thing is that they recognised it. They recognised themselves that they dropped the levels to which they had got and set and were trying to maintain. And then you saw them go out absolutely in a flash against Watford. And then the away performance at Everton. To me, Jem, was almost, you know, the absolute textbook away Premier League performance in that you know the home team are going to come at you at the start, especially in the situation that they are. And we weathered that storm. Jose Sarr makes two good saves, but, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like our goal was being peppered. We were, we were comfortable. And then from about the half an hour mark, it was like a switch went and it was, OK, we've seen what you've got. Now we're going to take control. And we began to build, we began to create opportunities. And from literally the moment the second half kicked off, there was only one team in the game for me. Yeah. Only one team. And some of the football that we played, I mean, I don't know about you, Jim. You've obviously been here a couple of years with us now as well. I've been here a long, long time, as you know, too old now. (laughs) I don't think I've seen Ruben Neves dictate a game like that in the Premier League for, I, I don't think ever. And he is a top-class player, and we keep talking about him week in, week out, getting better and better. But there was a moment on Sunday where he kind of dropped the shoulder and ran past four players through the middle of the Everton half. And I'm thinking, what? What? There's more to this guy? (laughs) Do you know what? Like, it's incredible. It was absolutely incredible. And, you know, the sending off makes things look like, you know, Wolves were were more comfortable. They they were easily comfortable. They had more gears to go to if needed. They were making Everton run around and chase shadows. Let's be perfectly honest. And I like Everton. I've got mates who are Everton fans. I've got nothing against them. But Wolves were so far better than Everton on Sunday. It was it was such a delight to see the way we played. And I said in commentary, Jim, it was with a verve and a swagger and just the tempo of it and moving the ball and everybody being in it. And if we did lose it, we were straight back on it. 
it was brilliant absolutely brilliant to watch it really was and I mean you mentioned Ruben Neves I mean he's just such a special player and even though you know I mean we're recording this on Tuesday so last Thursday's game does seem a little while ago but we must talk about his goal against Watford as well another really genius moment from him I mean he comes up with some really special moments there have been some incredible ones over the years but that's got to be up there with 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 one of the best as well hasn't it Mikey yeah and uh, do you know what it's a brilliant debate and at some point on Wolves Radio we will get some people together and try and come up with a list maybe of the top five okay, of yeah. Ruben Neves' goals. And There's lots to guarantee- choose from. <laughs> well, yeah, you can guarantee there are going to be some absolute screamers that don't make the list. Such is his resume now of incredible strikes for this football club. And I, the, there's an element of that goal, though, that you know some of his strikes have been you know those hits from distance. That mm-hmm. All about yeah, the power. That, and yeah. yeah, this was about his guile and his ingenuity mm. and it, it's not just a one-off because if you look at the moment where he puts the cross in for Connor Cody on Sunday his first touch when it's laid back to him by Leander Dendonka is perfect because it means he can cross it if he wants to but he's clever enough to look up spot the movement of other players takes one more touch and then plays the perfect cross and it's almost identical to what he does in the Watford goal, where he has one touch, then takes another, because everyone's expecting him to shoot, one more touch, and then delivers the perfect ball. You've just got to... <laughs> genius! Absolute footballing it genius. Really is, yeah. He, he's so special. And, of course, he was celebrating his birthday on Sunday. He was celebrating 200 appearances for Wolves not long before that as well. So, yeah, it's it's been it's been a really um, special few weeks for him. And it's just an absolute joy to watch him. It, it always is. But particularly these last few games have been, have been extra special. So, um, yeah, looking forward to seeing him in action again in, in the next few weeks. Um, speaking a little bit about Connor's header, I know we're, we're jumping between the two games quite a bit here, but... Um, He's now scored three this season. You know, he'd scored two in the previous six seasons prior to that, you know, and that's, I don't think that's really a huge coincidence either. I think how much do you think his his role has changed under Bruno, where he's getting himself now, where he's being put in positions where he, where he can score these goals. I mean, he, they do a lot of set-piece work with Tony Roberts in training. And do you think that's having a, an impact? And that's why we're now seeing that, Connor scored three this season, you know, compared to the, I'm not even sure how many years it was that he scored his previous three, but a long time. Yeah, I mean, I think it was two in something like 263 appearances, and then he's got four in about 44 since. Wow. Since that Man City game, when he finally kind of got one. It was, I mean, look, you know, it was an an on-running joke that he never crossed the halfway line. (laughs) For years and years, that was where he was. And and that was fine. He did that role for the team. He was the sweeper playmaker, and it was great. We are seeing uh, uh, an evolution in Connor Cody's game, and maybe part of it is what happened to him when he went away with England, where mm. he did score early on in his England <laughs> career, and maybe people realise that there is more to him, and he isn't just that deep-lying player who pings passes. He's a very good defender. He's a very clever footballer, and... The header on Sunday is an absolute perfect header. Beauty, it, yeah. Yeah, it is brilliant. 
And you're right to bring this up, the fact that he is getting fours. They are using him differently because it's not just him. It's the whole defence. They don't necessarily play as a sweeper anymore. They are a back three, which means they play the offside line, which sometimes means teams will get in behind them where they didn't do so before. But that makes it all the more impressive that our defensive record has been as it is. It's mm. also meant that the team's playing slightly higher up the field and that's been able to to bring other people into it and to enable us to assert the kind of control that we have in certain games. So um, you're right to bring it up. I'm delighted for him. I know you uh, you spoke to him afterwards. Uh, I mean, it must have been weird for him because everybody would have been bringing up the whole Liverpool thing. But you know, <laughs> for him, it's just about scoring for Wolves. And you saw in his celebration what it meant to him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's just he just wants to do the best that he can for the team and I think he always he he has such a strong relationship with the fans. So to be able to to score as well in front of the fans and celebrate with them in that way. It's just it's just it's just very Connor Cody and we love seeing it. The fans love seeing it and it's just yeah, it was it was a special moment for sure. Um so yeah, that win against Everton took us up to seventh in the Premier League table. The challenge now is is to keep this to keep this form up. You know, there's still some tough games ahead. Starting with Leeds on Friday evening, a tough opponent. They just had a victory at the weekend, but they're still in that in that dangerous zone around the bottom of the table where they're going to be fighting for points. Um, what do you think we could expect to see on Friday, Mikey? Well Leeds obviously have a new coach now in Jesse March as well. So they are slightly different to the Leeds of under Marcelo Bielsa. Under Bielsa, we always knew that Leeds were incredibly high tempo and they would get at you. But Wolves actually have a very good record against it. Under Nuno and Bruno, we seem to have worked out a formula to tackle them. Um, we were really unfortunate not to beat Leeds at Ellen Road earlier in the season. I still don't think it was a penalty late on in that game. Um, I think the crowd play a massive part when you go to Ellen Road. And obviously, that's what we were talking about with the crowd playing a massive part at Molyneux. Um, I think Leeds, they still have similar elements because you can't change everything in a couple of weeks. So they still will try and play with a high tempo. They're trying to get players back fit. And of course, they're fighting for every single point possible because they want to stay in the Premier League. So they're not going to come and roll over. You know, I don't think it's going to be as easy as it was against Watford. It will be tough early on. But this Wolves team have a great record when they go in front. You know, it's only that Arsenal game away where we've scored first and not gone on to get something from the game for four years now. So, if if they can get at, if they can survive any early onslaught that Leeds provide, keep their calm and composure, then you know you have to back Wolves to keep it going because we're absolutely on form at the moment. Yeah, and it's going to be an exciting evening as well. We've had lots of matches of late, evening matches under the lights. We've got you know, another one here now, a Friday night. I think that there's going to be potentially a DJ at Molyneux in the, in the build-up to the game. Is there? I think so. I mean, I, I'm saying this now, and I'm worried I'm promising something that may not happen, but I think there is going to be a DJ pre-match. They're making it a big big Friday night atmosphere at Molyneux so it's going to be a special one it's going to be electric and I'm hoping that we're, yeah, we're going to be there on, on top form to cheer Wolves on and, and, and get them through um, yeah, another, another tough match um, but it's not just been victories this week for the first team on Sunday it was also victory and a clean sheet for Wolves women bouncing back from their first defeat of the season which was a 3-0 loss 
away at Burnley and they bounced back with a 3-0 win over Loughborough. So another fantastic game for them, back to the form that we are used to seeing from them. Um, first half goals from Adam Morfitt and Amber Hughes and then another great strike as well from Tammy George to make it three. Um, they've maintained their spot at the top of the league table and now looking ahead to their next game which is going to be on the road this Sunday away at Middlesbrough. Um, so yeah, continuing what we what we're used to seeing from Wolves women now more wins more goals and Tam McNamara said as well that you know not only did they score goals but they they really controlled the game they were really a str- the stronger side in this match and they you know they, they really showed just what they're capable of and why they deserve to be at the top of the table so yeah really exciting to see what happens over the next couple of months with them and fingers crossed for Middlesbrough on Sunday um Mikey, you were at the under-23s last night, who also had a special evening. How did that go? Yes, uh, technically a black country derby played in Telford. Uh, West Bromwich Albion against Wolverhampton Wanderers. No matter what the level it is, whether it's men's first team, women's first team, under-23s, under-18s, it matters, let's face it. And we say that even more today because uh, we won the game (laughs) by four Goals to nil. It was a brilliant performance, Gem. Absolutely brilliant. From pretty much minute one to the very end, Wolves were by far the better team in the game. Now, it helps that they had some real experience to be able to call upon. Totti and Gerson Mosquera were playing again as, you know, Totti just needs those kind of minutes at the moment. Gerson Mosquera coming back from injury still. Uh, Luke Cundall, who, of course, as we talked about, is now a bona fide first-team squad member, again came back down and played in the game. Um, Chem Campbell got through uh, another really impressive game. You know, his form recently, he'd scored four goals in the two games leading up to this one. Didn't score against Albion, but he just he just looked a different level, Gem. He just absolutely, like, again, I talk about chasing shadows. There'll be West Brom players having nightmares about Chem Campbell just walking past them as if he's Usain Bolt because they couldn't get anywhere close to him, you know, in those famous Olympics races. Uh, and Taylor Perry had a really good game. You know, he's, he, again, he's a very experienced operator at that level. So they were just really, really good. And it was nice for Lee Harkin, got a couple of goals. He's oh, not nice. a player we talked about a huge amount. He's a youngster from Northern Ireland who is quite diminutive. You know, he's Daniel Pedence in stature. and he, But he works so, so hard for the team. And he was asked to do a specific role as the lone forward last night because they'd looked at what West Brom did and James Collins spoke to us about this afterwards and you can find that interview at wolves.co.uk and across the social media channels whereby they made a very specific diamond midfield to take into account what West Brom were going to do and it meant that Harkin ahead of that diamond had to do all the running and all the pressing and try and occupy three defenders to allow our midfielders to have the space to operate did it perfectly got himself two tap-ins so so happy for him he doesn't like doing interviews by the way Jim just to pre-warn you if he ever makes it through there and you've got to speak to him he came out and I mean he had a great smile on his face but I said to him if you're going to score two goals in a derby you've got to expect that you're coming on Wolves TV so (laughs) he, he did it kind of under duress but you know it was lovely for him and I know his family were watching from back home Uh, Christian Marquez got a goal as well, which was lovely for him. And lovely for Joe Hodge, by the way, who 
who came off the bench, who signed for Man City last summer, who's been injured all season. He's worked really, really hard. He's had a couple of cameo appearances off the bench and he was in the right place at the right time to stroke home the fourth. And it was just a lovely night and a you know, near-perfect performance. It was brilliant from them. That's so good. I'm so pleased that we've managed to have not, not only some great results for the first team, but the women's and the under-23s have also not and also enjoyed incredible matches, incredible wins, big wins, 4-0, 3-0 for the women. It's just, it's really, really good to see. I mean, when are the under-23s next in action, Mikey? So they're next up against Aston Villa on Friday. It means regular watchers, unfortunately, won't be able to watch the game because, of course, we're playing Leeds. At right, the same yes. time, <laughs> and, and they can't they can't move the fixture being scheduled in for quite a while. So it'll be a different group of players for the 23s on Friday because mm-hmm. the likes of Kundal and Totti and others will be involved in that first team squad potentially. Um, but still, you know, there was a nil nil draw with Villa earlier on in the season. Villa are a good team at this level; they're invested heavily. So it'd be really interesting, and of course, we'll have highlights on Wolves TV over the weekend. Well, we'll definitely keep an eye out for those finger cro- fingers crossed they can keep up this momentum now on Friday as well. Um, and just before we end, Mikey, I'd just like to speak about um, the under-18s. Now, of course, they were in action last Wednesday away at Old Trafford in the semi-final of the FA Youth Cup. It wasn't their night, but what a huge achievement it is for Steve Davis' side to have got to that stage of the competition. It's just a, a really, really special historic moment, wasn't it? Yeah, to be beaten by Manchester United in Old Trafford and a Manchester United team that includes a player who has been called up to the Argentina senior squad says an awful lot. Yeah, he scored one of the goals, by the way. You know, that's the level that you're coming up against and that's the level that Wolves aspire to get to, certainly in the academy levels where, you know, a lot of work has gone in over a lot of years to try and put us in this position and it was, you're absolutely right to bring up the fact that it was 2005 the last time we got to a semi-final. We haven't been to a final since 1976, Jen. You know, that's how long it's been for this football club to, to try and get back to those levels because it's dominated by the likes of Manchester United and Chelsea in recent years. Manchester City have won it a couple of times too. The list of players who've won that trophy goes on and on and on. And for Wolves and this group of young Wolves players to be in and amongst it, it was a real credit to them the way they went about it. They weren't at their best at Old Trafford. They'll admit that. Um, but, you know, they, there are better days to come for a lot of that group. And the best thing from a Wolves perspective is that there is a, a core to that team who've been together a long time, who are local boys, who know what it is to represent the old gold, who play for the, the, shirt, the badge on the front of the shirt rather than the name on the back. That's what it's all about. And hopefully we're going to see some of those players make it through to be first teamers in the years to come. Yeah, that would be great. And yeah, it's a, it's a really special and huge achievement to, to get to a semi-final. And hopefully we'll see more from them in the future now. Um, but yeah, that's actually everything for this week, Mikey. I'll see you on Friday for um, Wolves Wolves Leeds at Molyneux. And yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed for the under-23s as well. And fingers crossed for the women in action on Sunday as well and then I will see you next week to hopefully chat about another set of victories on Wolves Weekly.